0: This is episode 95 of the Creative Giant Show. I'm Charlie Gilkey. Good day, mate. There are two myths about being a successful creative that get us into a lot of trouble. One, that doing it by yourself is better. And two, that having a creative partner would make life so much easier. It turns out that neither are true, at least for most people. Leah Hines and Naz Murphy join me today to discuss how their uncomfortable friendship is the source of their personal and professional growth. Ready? Let's do this.
1: Welcome to the Creative Giant Show, where we go behind the scenes about what it means to live a life full of creative and professional success. Creative Giants are talented Renaissance souls with a compassion-fueled bias towards action. Now. Here is your host, Charlie Gilkey.
0: If you're struggling to keep up with processing your email, Sainbox might be just the tool you need. It has saved me hours of time each month, and the amount of peace of mind I get from it is priceless. Sainbox sorts through your email and moves all of the trivial stuff into a different folder so the only messages in your inbox are the ones you actually want to see. Aside from removing all of the junk so you can focus on the messages that matter, there's this great feature called the black hole. Move an email into that folder and you'll never hear from the sender again. One and done. Just how we like it. Because email can be such a bear and keep you from finishing the stuff that matters, we worked out a great deal for our listeners. Visit SaneBox.com forward slash giant and they'll throw in an extra $25 credit on top of the two-week free trial. You don't have to enter the credit card information unless you decide to buy, so there's really nothing to lose. Again, that's S-A-N-E boxcom forward slash giant. Alrighty, Creative Giants, I am delighted to introduce you to Leah Hines and Naz Murphy. Leah and Naz are the co-founders of The Connection Effect, a movement that is driven to put the human back in connection and the aliveness and energy back into online and in-person communities. After a successful 10-year career in public relations and community engagement, Leah left her job in 2013 and moved into her mother in law's basement with her husband and three year old son so she could focus on growing her business. She is based in Brisbane, Australia, and loves nothing more than hitting the ski slopes with her family and hitting the dance floor to good beats. Naz has always cared deeply about humans and in making a difference. It's why she joined the police force in 2001. But after 12 years of service, she felt lost and powerless in the system she found herself in, so she decided to transform her role within and soon found herself presenting and training hundreds of high-level police officers in leadership and employee engagement. Naz is based in Sydney, Australia and reconnects with herself by being at the beach. We'll discuss how Leah and Naz found themselves together in the connection effect in the episode. Also, as a quick note, you might hear what you think is a bird in the background during this conversation. It's really an attack butterfly trying to eat Leah. Australia's fauna is known to be particularly dangerous, and apparently only the strong and poison-resistant survive. All righty, let's jump into this. Leah and Nass, thanks so much for joining me today on the Creative Giant Show. Um, You're two of my favorite people to talk to, and this is going to be fun. So thanks so much for joining me.
2: Thanks, Thank you,
0: Charlie. For us. <laughs> Great, and you—you you actually managed to speak on cue. The <laughs> I know. Winning. Alrighty. Um, <laughs> so, um, as I mentioned in the intro, really, what I wanted to talk about here is your creative partnership, because on the one hand, we have this idea. I don't know where we get in, we don't need to go there, but there's this myth of the creative uh, person, the solo creative person that goes and you create it all by yourself and it's just you and there's this brilliant that just sort of pops out of your brain and the world loves it, right? That's one sort of myth that we get, cra- we get caught up into. But there's another that if I could just find that right creative partner, that right business partner, that right creative partner, my life would be easy. And I wouldn't feel so lonely and things would just effortlessly happen, so on and so forth. So, we're kind of caught in a bind between two false stories, right? The the solo creative has its own challenges for many people. There are a few that make it work really well. And this finding the perfect partnership that never has ups and downs, that's kind of one of those false stories too. So... Let's go to origin stories and how you two got delightfully stuck together. So (laughs) walk walk us through that because it's such a fascinating one. So um, Leah, I'm going to turn it over to you to start it.
2: Yeah. So um, I guess I'm starting to lose track of time, but it was probably about three or four years ago, I think four years ago. And, you know, Naz and I were on our own individual trajectories. And, um, I'd been working in public relations for more than 10 years. Naz had been working as a police officer for more than 12 years. And we both just had that kind of sneaking suspicion that like, is this really it for us? And the answer for both of us was, well, no, this is not going to be enough. And so as anyone does, we started looking online for answers for like, what are we really passionate about? What are we really great at? And at this time, we were both perfect strangers. So we were—we live in different states. We'd never ever met before, um, but we were on that kind of solo journey that you were speaking about, Charlie. Of you know, really tr- doing that—that that internal work of you know, who am I? What am I about? What am I gonna like put into the world? And what sort of legacy do I want to leave my kids? And we both had have kids, and so we did a lot of that stuff alone. But we both kind of hit up against this ceiling at some point and realized that we actually needed to get connected into other people who thought the same way as us. And so we found a course online, which we both signed up to. We both of us nearly didn't sign up to this course um, that was run by the late Scott Dinsmore from Olivia legend. And it was all about connecting. So we each thought, great, I'm going to get Scott's American and we're going to get connected into a whole bunch of Americans who are like going for it. These are entrepreneurs, the Aussies don't really know anything about this stuff. And because neither of us knew any Australians that thought this way. So we felt very isolated in that sense. And so we signed up for this course. And part of it was that you get placed in a mastermind group. And we're thinking, awesome, I'm going to meet some Americans, maybe some other people from across the world. But no, we got put in a group together with two other Australians. It was an all Aussie group. And we had someone from Melbourne, Sydney, I'm from Brisbane. um, And we got placed in this mastermind group together. So two perfect strangers landed in a group. And we started working through this course together. And um, we had, I think, a week, we were a week in to this course. And we had one call like this but we were so technically inept that we didn't even know how to do video so we just could hear each other's voices and we got so excited to finally find each other that you know we were both kind of interested in doing something we didn't know what and a week into that course Naz says to me on one of our calls look i've been doing some thinking leah and i was wondering do you want to start a business together And I thought, oh, this is so exciting. Yes, of course I want to start a business together. And that was really, you know, they say the rest is history, but that was the start of where we are today. And, of course, we had no idea what we were in for, but um, that's kind of how we somehow randomly ended up um, working together.
0: You know, that's interesting. I want to pull someone in, pull everyone in, because if you're not familiar with how huge – Australia is—it's a big nation. <laughs> <laughs> not do it justice, and so just for for listeners who haven't actually looked at the the size of Australia, like when she says they live in different states, it's not like states in the United States where it might just be one over. It's like it's a huge country. Right, and I'm saying it's that
1: about, it's about twelve hours drive between between where we live. Yeah, so,
0: yeah. yeah. So it's like different nations is a better way. <laughs> <laughs> <different Yeah. nations. laughs> Pretty much. Well, this is interesting because Naz, you were the initiator to like, you know, I've been thinking, yep. let's start a business together. <laughs> That's not a very common thought. Like, hey, I've just met this person a week ago, right? Through this course. We, sure, it's fun, right? We have a lot in common. Let's start a business together. <laughs> <laughs> how did that come to you? I mean, how does that work? Well, well,
1: first of all, is uh, I don't really have very many common thoughts. They're usually a little bit, <laughs> a little bit crazy usually. Um, but how it worked for me, and I, I remember so clearly sharing this with my family. You know, I'm doing this course and. You know, there's this really cool other Aussie chick who uh, I just, I don't know, there was just something within me that said like this is a good way to go and I remember sharing it with my family and they told me I was nuts. They said, what are you doing? Like you are so intelligent and you're so driven and you're so hardworking. Why on earth would you want to bring on someone else into that space because you can create whatever you want on your own and that was the advice that I had from my family. But there was just something within me that I I knew that I couldn't do it on my own. I'd tried things prior to and I'd got very bored very quickly of doing that. And I think also like I'd traveled when I was seventeen on my own as well. And I just remember thinking how boring that was in, in not that the travel was boring, but to not have that shared experience of what I was doing and creating and seeing in the world was a really big deal for me. So I think just internally, I knew that I wanted this journey that I was about to embark on to be with someone else so that I could have that shared journey with somebody. Um, and the other thing that I thought in that is, you know, I knew that I'd tried things before I knew they had failed. And so I was ending up with a hundred percent of nothing. And I had this thing in my mind that it was better to have 50% of something than a hundred percent of nothing. And I really wanted to share that with somebody. And so I don't, that's why I asked Leah, even though I had no idea what she looked like, not that that really matters, but um, I don't know, there was just something within me that really um, pushed me towards wanting to ask Leah that question. And um, I'm glad she was crazy enough to say yes, because it's been one hell of an awesome, fun, crazy, and at times hard journey together. But I think the, the point is, is that it's been that shared experience and if if i was to think now and look back over the past 4 years and having do, like and having the same success or the same experiences that we have had on that way i can't even imagine not having had shared that with Leah, because it's just it's it's pretty damn cool let's just put it that way
0: yeah you know and what i wanted to pull out i i think the thing to consider is if you tried it before and you you, you said it so well naz 50, or excuse me, 100% of nothing is still nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to go further than that. 100% of nothing is worse than 50% of something because you put all of that heart and soul mm-hmm. and all that stuff in into it, right? Um, and then you still don't have anything, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you find the right creative partner, they – the destination is the process and the journey. You know what I mean? And in a way of saying that, like, it's not one of those things you build, you build, you build by yourself. And then there's some awesome thing that happens. The building can be fun itself. Right. Yeah. So I just wanted to pull that out because that's, that's one of the things to consider. Um, you mentioned that there were some hard parts. So take us back to new relationship, and it really almost is like a new dating relationship, right? Or everything? Oh, hundred
1: percent. It's just like dating.
2: Like <laughs> everything's just <cool. laughs> like dating. It's cool
0: when you're part of a team. You know all those different things like that. But then there's this first sort of like, oh, that we don't think and act the same on this, right? So yep. what what was that thing, and how did you work it out?
1: So, so I'll jump in, Charlie. For, for me, it was really tough right at the beginning because I tend to have a really independent personality or I tended to have a really independent personality and I really was driven and I really wanted all these things to happen and I tend to be very impatient or I tended to be very impatient right back in the beginning. I think the thing that was on our side at that point in time is uh, we'd already started down, the per- both of us had started down the personal development journey. And the key thing that I had on board at that point in time was the realization that the way that I work in the world is going to be different to the way someone else works in the world. I think if I didn't have that key piece on board, I would have blown up our relationship really early on in the piece, probably within the first couple of weeks, because I would have been demanding, I would have been impatient, I would have been telling Leah she wasn't doing it the right way, all those sorts of things. So I actually had to pull back my natural in, inclination, or unnatural inclination as it turns out, of doing those things, so that I could actually give Leah some room to breathe. And so it was actually, I don't even know whether Leah's aware of this, but it was actually such a huge learning and growing phase for me in allowing her space and room to breathe and her personality to show through without me stifling it. And what I realized as I did that. Is this brilliance and this beauty and this all this stuff that I could never create myself started to shine through without me being like stifling of that. And so it was really for me to learn to really give give that space that previously in my life I'd never been able to do because I always thought, I know the right way, I know how this is done, needs to be done this way. Like that's the kind of person that I, I used to be prior to this relationship. So so in essence, our relationship as business partners has actually helped me exponentially grow into the person that I am today simply because of who Leah chooses to be in the world. So
0: was there a particular instance? And I say because sometimes like we have, especially when we're in the when the in the personal development world, like we have these really rich insights and frameworks like the way that I work in the world is gonna be different, which is fantastic. But sometimes there's a specific event where you're like oh, like, this is going to be something if I don't figure it out. Did you have that? Or was it just one of those things where um, you just kind of knew when you when you um, said, hey, let's do this, that it was going to be some changes?
1: I think right back in the beginning, we'd both done our disk profiles, if anyone knows what they are. So we'd both done that. So we had a little bit of understanding of how each other worked. And You know, Leah can speak to, um, you know, because she probably found it just as frustrating the other way around that, you know, I am so, I was so driven in that, in that sense. So, um, so there was no, I guess the only thing was, is like things didn't seem to be happening fast enough for me. So, you know, we'd set some, some goals or some tasks to get things done. And for me right back in the beginning was like, and now it's actually the opposite way around. Usually Leah's waiting on me these days as opposed to the other way around. Like go back
0: a little bit more than way you were just <laughs> yeah, That's what I signed step. up for a woman. <laughs> right.
1: uh, yeah. So, so, you know, things just weren't getting done fast enough. Whereas, uh, you know, Leah naturally takes time and needs space and those sorts of things to, to get things done. And so as I, stopped being so impatient those things were getting done at a, at a much higher level or a much greater quality than I could have ever produced to do that. So so it was really like things just weren't going fast enough uh, according to me and so that was one thing um, in, in that space. I do remember right back in the beginning where we, but I think it's slightly different conversation. Maybe we'll get to that is, is like, how do you have those tough conversations when things aren't going well? Mm-hmm. Because in this instance, there wasn't really a need for conversation because it was actually growth that I had to do. Like it was internal shifts and changes that I had to make for myself as opposed to anything that I needed to actually outwardly have a conversation with Leah. And I think in partnerships, sometimes it's so easy to throw it over there, like throw my, my, my crap straight directly to her and and make it all her fault for the things that aren't being done, whereas I had enough awareness on board to go, whoa, like let me look internally what's going on for me here and how can I switch and change what's going on there to actually create an environment where we can actually work together. Um, Yeah, and then there's times where it becomes external where you really need to have those conversations, which happy to dive in as we move through.
0: Okay. So Leah, here's the thing. I'm going to flip it over on your side. I I think when you're in, especially new relationships, it's impossible for one person to dramatically grow and change without the other Mm -hmm. person either sensing that or having their own growths and changes happening at the same time. So in that period of time, what was it like for you? Well,
2: I mean, I wouldn't even recognize myself back then Like, in the, because the other thing to, to be clear on is that in those early days we had no freaking clue what we were doing as well. So mm-hmm. we were not only working out how to work together, we were also still like swimming around in what are we doing and what's this business going to be about and what are we going to focus on. So um, for me personally at that time I was also on a very personal journey and you know I have been someone for many years that's been very much a people pleaser and all about keeping other people happy and so I remember just feeling this sense of real overwhelm at the speed at which Naz was going and you know we both still had our day jobs back in the the early days for probably the first year or so um and yeah, I remember just thinking like, oh, my God, she just moves at the speed of knots. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. And at the same time, I remember just thinking like, how does she make decisions so fast? How does she know like, this is what we should do and I'm thinking this. And so, I remember just really looking at Naz in actually kind of um, wishing that I could be more like her and not knowing how to do that, not knowing how to be more decisive, not knowing how to how to get more stuff done. And I remember we went to our first WDS um, and we didn't know anybody that year, like our first year, three years ago, however long it was. And same thing, you know, Naz was running around doing the, there was this competition that you could do and she's like running around like a mad woman. I barely saw her for most of the event. Um, And I remember sitting in the theatre one of the days and just thinking, I just want to be more like her. I want to be just more decisive and more like just own it. And so there was the opening party or closing party, I can't remember. And we, for some reason, we got it in our heads that it was an 80s theme thing, which it wasn't at all, right? But we, like, went out shopping for 80s costumes and I'm, like, going (laughs) on with it. But, you know, I don't know where we got this idea, from but you know we're looking for these jumpsuits with massive prints and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and you're in portland so you can actually find it
2: you know? <laughs> yeah we i think we're in san francisco actually shopping yeah. for um, stuff. <laughs> and we have i have photographic proof of these matching jumpsuits that we were gonna wear and uh Let and, and so yeah so it's the night of the party and Naz is downstairs getting dressed and i just had this moment upstairs of like I don't want to do this. I never wanted to do this. And I've been going along with this thing and I don't want to turn up looking like a freaky eighties woman in a jumpsuit. And so Naz comes, Naz comes running upstairs and she's got her hair all afroed out and she's got this (laughs) eighties costume on. And she's like, what are you doing? You're not, you're not dressed. Like what's going on? And I said, well, let's do this,
0: man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've got
2: my bell bottoms on I'm ready to go and uh and that was like a huge I know you both lost it with laughing <laughs> years now but that was like a huge turning point for me because I actually for the first time stood in this is what I want and this is what I don't want and I remember it was so huge for me because I, I was so scared to tell Naz like I'm not dressing up and I don't I'm just gonna go like in my normal stuff and I remember her face just dropped and she said, oh, okay, and I think he might have gone back downstairs and, and then came back up and she said, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed that we're not doing this together and I'm really proud of you that you stood up for what you want. And I know Naz, she barely remembers this until like <laughs> I told this story, but that was a huge turning point for me to be like, actually, I can do what I want to do. Um, so that was a huge moment for my growth journey is saying no to eighties wear,
0: <laughs> you know, that's a good hill to die on. I, I would just, I would just go, like, this is, no, right? No,
1: I did turn up in my eighties gear. I was the only person. At the. <laughs>
0: Thus pointing out the prior statement about what you think is uncommon.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, that's right. Case in point. Case in point.
0: (laughs) Um, You know, and and thanks so much for sharing that, Lee, because again, I think it's those stories of those, those tension points and lightning points where it's interesting. And I think. If I'm understanding this correctly, neither one of you like vocalized at that time that like actually this is a big moment for me, right? Um, Yeah. Because I, I, you know, from Naz's side, I didn't hear her say like, you know, like she vocalized like actually I have a lot of (laughs) growth to do on this, and you didn't like, no, that was my moment. So that's another interesting piece, right? Is that that parallels, we've we said it's kind of like dating, that parallels some other things that happens in relationships is like, you'll go through a massive change, which your partner may or may not know mm-hmm. how big mm-hmm. of a thing that was. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, we're going to fast forward to today or, you know, whatever time slice that needs to be. Um, Have you improved on your ability to say like, this is actually a growth point for me? Like, this is something that's that like i realized about myself or is it still just kind of it happens and then on a random podcast you know episode you know three years later it pops up (laughs)
2: like this (laughs) uh it's a good question um i i think we've got
1: become better at recognizing it in each other I, i think i don't think we necessarily vocalize oh like i just had a massive growth moment just now I think, you know, as, we, as we've moved through this journey together and I think more than anything it's those times where, um, where, we, where something isn't going very well and we've had like those really tough conversations, I think out of, the, out of that comes like an automatic, it seems like an automatic realisation that something shifted and changed in our relationship. And I would say that those tough conversations more than anything are the things that have actually brought us closer together.
0: So um you both have a very high trust high transparency relationship right yeah yeah um so Naz I'll start with you since you're the last one talking then I'll jump over to Leah when was a time where you felt that the fabric of that relationship was either threatened or you felt vulnerable or insecure and what triggered that and how did you work it out
1: I'll go okay like right back to I, I don't think too much so, um, that I've ever felt like our relationship's been threatened, but we have had, um, like I've never felt like, oh shit, this whole thing's going to actually fall apart. And what am I going to do in that sense? So that's never been there, but there's definitely been times where things perhaps haven't been going along as, as we would like. So I remember right back in the beginning, Leah went on a holiday and, uh, I don't think we had very good communication right back then. And she disappeared, like fell off the from my point of view, fell off the face of the earth for like, I don't know, six or eight days or something like that. And for me at that time, like being a massive control freak, that just like sent my world into like the biggest spin. It's like, I couldn't get in contact with her. I was phoning her. I was texting her. I was emailing her. And like, she just completely disappeared. And That for me was really, really challenging. And I think at the time we had other, you know, we had our very first event coming up from from recollection and I was like, well, what the hell is actually going on here? And so in the past, in the in a relationship, I would probably just not do anything about that. And I just kind of keep my resentment and be really, really cross about it, but just keep kind of ploughing forward and, and pushing forward and and I think because Leah is the person she is you know, I remember having this like really tough conversation where we we're both in tears on the phone, both having this conversation was like, well, I didn't even know like what's going on. And, and I think the beauty of our relationship has been that we've always had a safe space to share exactly what's going on for each one of us without judgment and to be able to work through it that way. And also to be able to take a, I don't know, like a third-person perspective on what's actually going on. I think we both have the capacity to do that, to put ourselves in each other's shoes and just really work through that. And generally what happens is we'll have these tough conversations and, and then it almost seems to melt away, that there isn't really anything to kind of work out because usually what's, what's going on is a lack of communication there's a lack of understanding and as soon as we have those tough conversations that feel horrible like they really feel like they feel like oh my gosh like I'm really hurting the other person or like there's just they're they're not nice like I think everyone's probably had one of those kinds of conversations but I think those tough conversations have kind of become a little bit easier as we've gone along because well for me they have because I know like once we get all this Stuff, all this, these unspoken stuff, out of the way, then on the other side of that is actually something that bonds us together more, and yeah, so it just becomes much easier. And so it's just like most of it's been a lack of understanding or a lack of communication. So that's an an example, and we still have them. Like uh, as recently as probably like two months ago, maybe Leah, like we had one of those tough conversations of like you know, because there's a lot of pressures, um, for both of us, we have family pressures, we have business pressures, we have personal pressures, we have all these things going on. And so if we miss the space of communicating about those things, that's where these things can start to come up.
0: Leo, your side.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, we best describe our relationship to others as an uncomfortable friendship Mm -hmm. and it's not uncomfortable all the time, but, it certainly has had a lot of uncomfortable moments. And Charlie, you mentioned about having that, that trust. And I think we set that very early on by saying, yes, like, yes, let's do this business. And yes, I fully believe in you and supporting each other along the way. But um, yeah, I mean, I think what you said, Naz, about sometimes we have, as everyone does, the family pressures come in and life happens and that happened this year where, you know, it's interesting because how the pendulum has swung mm-hmm. where, you know, Naz in, the, in the early days was like cracking the whip like all the time. And I found myself doing that at the beginning of this year of just like a work machine, you know, I was just cranking stuff out. And I took on this expectation that everybody else should be, you know, performing at the same level as me um, and that it's not fair if they're not. And so it was, yeah, again, that lack of communication and saying to Naz, like, Hey, I'm feeling, I'm drowning in work here and I'm not feeling supported. And, um, I'm making up these stories about, you know, that, cause Naz had a lot of stuff happening all at once in her life. And so naturally we both have those moments where we're kind of taken out of the game a little bit more than usual and the funny thing is is that for anyone else's level of work that would still be a high level of work that that Naz was delivering but in my mind it's like no that wasn't enough you know come on I'm like doing everything here and um and I just was a total just lack of communication and so the longer I let that go and fester the more I I did actually have those moments of feeling like crap I don't know like is this business gonna work are we gonna you know is it something that you know we're gonna continue or not or like and so it was similar I had the exact same experience of like oh Naz has just dropped off the face of the earth and she's not replying like this like she usually is and um yeah and I got myself into a real state of frustration around that and so you know we had probably one of the most uncomfortable conversations we've ever had because we both got very hurt in that process of just not communicating openly with each other. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to keep on happening. I think Uh, as any relationship has these bumps in the road, I think the difference is we both have enough courage to face it even if it's not right away, even if we do the wrong thing initially and let it fester, but eventually, you know, we have enough, um, love for each other, as weird as that sounds, but we have enough love for each other and a strong friendship that, um, you know, we just had to get it all out there and say this is how I'm feeling, I'm really hurt and I'm upset and we had to both, you know, we both chose to be responsible for our sides of the crap and we move forward really fast. That's the other thing, like we just, we move on, like we have an ability to put the past in the past and go, let's move forward from here.
1: Yeah. To, to throw on the end of that, just because I can, I can hear people like, but how, like, how did you actually do that? And how, how do you get to that is, um, first of all, for us, it was, it was a conversation on the telephone of, and, and the thing that neither one of us ever do is throw blame or throw hurtful words, or we just stick to like what our own truth is. And neither one of us ever like like talks about it as, well, this is really what's happening and this is the truth of really what's happening. It's like, well, you know, this is the experience for me and this is my experience through this so that we can get to that understanding. So first of all, it was a conversation on the telephone and I'm sure there was plenty of tears in that. And uh, it didn't go so well, like in that particular conversation, didn't go really well at all. And, uh, yeah, it was really hurtful. I think we hurtful for both of us. And then I remember just sitting down and because this stuff was festering for me like internally and I know when something's festering I need to get that stuff out. And so I sat down and I wrote a really long email and I'm like, just like, I just stuck to the facts of what was true for me rather than like because I think we can or people can tend to get into the blame game and you did this and you're this and blah, blah, blah and all that sort of stuff. It was just more, well, actually when you did this, this was the effect that it actually had on me. And this is actually really what's been going on in my world. And, and really this is the way that I've been seeing like your behavior coming towards me. And really this is what I need from you right now. Like I, I, like in that specific example, like it was, I actually really need your support and your love and your encouragement because I'm going through some really tough shit right now. And, and this is not helping that at all. So, and you know, Leah, in all her beauty, sits down and and writes an email reply and it starts out something along the lines of, like, pretty much, I'm so sorry, I didn't realize. And then ran through everything that was true for her. So then that just really opened up the communication lines again for us so that we could just get back into what we normally do because we have this rule in our business just to have fun and it allowed that to happen. So I think that might help, like, the actual how-to part of how, how you get a really amazing relationship, business relationship. So, and I just also want to point out, like this is not just a business relationship and it cannot be just a business relationship because both of us realized really early on that everything else in our life affects our business. And so generally when we're talking a lot of times it might not be about business. It's actually about like, how's life going? How are the kids How's everything going with, you know, your husband, my partner, like all those sorts of things, as opposed to like purely business. Because if we, we know if our personal lives aren't running really well, then that's going to have a really big impact on our business.
0: I'm going to throw out here and, uh, you know, I know I recommend the book a lot, but Nonviolent Communication Mm -hmm. Um, is a great book if you're considering creative partnership in this way because what one of the tools that allows you to do is report about your emotional experience without going into the blame game and what someone else is making you feel and and things like that which Mm -hmm. can go nowhere very very quickly Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, and i also want to slide in a linguistic device that leah used um a few minutes ago when she was talking about um what, what she was going through, she said, I'm making up this story. Mm-hmm. What's happening, right? Um, I forget which one of the tools that use that, but that's another way that you can say is like when you're, when you're feeling a certain story in these situations, and it's not just about relationships, it's about life, right? Any, any sort of, I am making up this story that this is true, right? Is this story yeah. true, right? Is a, a way to externalize that, even when the very core of your fiber is saying, This is what's true. This is absolutely what is happening. Unequivocally, this is what's happening. Yeah. You're still making up a story about that. You're still going with, with that, that reaction. So I just want to slide both of those in there real quick to, to note that.
1: Yeah, and in a lot of conversations that we have, Charlie, like e- either one of us will actually start with, hey, I'm making up this story, and this is what I'm telling myself about what's going on. Like, Can you let me know whether that's true or not true? And that really opens up that space for us to then go, man, you're so crazy. Like that's not even close to the truth. Like actually what's really going on is, you know, Z. So, and it really does just opening up the conversation rather than saying like, this is, this is, you know, unequivocally what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, actually I'm telling myself this crazy story and I'm just wondering whether you can help me out, whether that's true or not.
0: So we, we talked in general about some different trigger points that you both had and, one thing as I've talked to people about this, it's really the thing none of us like to talk about, um, which means obviously I'm going to ask a question about it, um, is the different money stories that we have, especially in a business partnership, right? Um, it can get very, very complicated very quickly. Now you're fortunate in some senses in that you don't have like, you're not romantic partners and you don't have gender divisions and things like that. Cause that can get really wonky really quickly but you're still two separate families,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, different financial needs, different financial inputs and things like that. And so I'm curious um, in what ways have your money stories conflicted, converged or just made some tense points?
2: Oh, good question, Charlie. I think it's um, I think there's kind of two, two elements to it. So the the money side of it has definitely been a challenge for us in different ways, both from a personal point of view, like how am I going to pay the bills kind of thing, um, but then also from a selling point of view. Um, But I guess I'll just focus on the kind of family one, which is what I felt like you were kind of focusing in on. Um, I guess, I mean, for me personally, I think it came up more often as an issue than probably for So. I know that I would hit the panic button more often and just be like, I don't know if I can keep doing this business because, you know, I just, I'm not, I don't have enough money basically. And, you know, for probably the first, I don't know, year, or maybe even up to two years, everyone else seemed to be getting paid, but us. So, you know, we had a team on board and everyone was getting paid and you know, we didn't get paid for a very long time. And, and it's hard, you know, when you don't, you're not earning any income that you're used to, bringing in Um, but I always felt supported by Naz in that space and um, you know Naz has always been someone who's looking for solutions rather than focusing on the problems every time I focus in on the problem I remember being in the car one day on the phone just saying look I just you know this isn't working for me and I was feeling that financial pressure Um, and she said to me well how much do you need and I was like oh I have no idea (laughs) I actually don't know so it really forced me to get real about, well, how much do you need? And then we would look at a solution for that. And we were always very positive around, okay, well, we just need this, you know, more clients or this product to sell. Or And then it seems doable. Like we could make that happen. And not that it always did happen and the problem was solved, but, um, she talked me down from the ledge a lot of saying like, it's going to be okay. How much do you need? um, even to the point, you know, I remember Naz saying, look, I'll put in an extra this amount of money and you take that out to support you for how, you know, for this period of time. Um, so that's what I would say on that front is I, I personally always felt very supported to A, get real about it, how much do you actually need? And then B, to be in her to be in solution mode as a team to work it out.
0: Yes.
1: So I think, I think probably I was in a situation which was slightly different. So I didn't feel so much of the financial pressure. And I guess for me, like money's never really been a big deal. Like it's not really a driver for me. It's not something that, that gets me up in the morning. I don't really care about the money side of it. So, um, however, I was in a position where I had savings, where I knew that I wasn't going to be eating baked beans and Vegemite on toast, you know, the next week because there was money there. And so I, I even remember, um, you know, my family saying, well, why are you pouring so much money into this business? And the reason why I did that and what Leah's talking about, like, you know, well, if it's, if it's just to get us over this hump or this hurdle, like I'll put this X number of dollars in so you can take it out. Like most people are like, well, why on earth would you do that? That doesn't even make sense like to, to do that. But the thing is, is, when you have a mission that is so much more important than money, then the money becomes obsolete really for me. And so it didn't really matter to me about the money. And I don't know, I've just always had this belief in my mind that I've never ever had not had money. And I'm not saying that I come from any rich, like family or anything like that. But I I had had savings from my job. Um, I had money coming in because I had a lot of, um, uh, what do they call it, long service leave up my sleeve and all those sorts of things. So, and no matter, I don't know why it is, but in my life, um, even when I get down to like the last couple of dollars, it just, I know this sounds a bit woo-woo and a bit bizarre, but like the money shows up. Like something happens and it shows up and I just have this innate belief on board that it's all going to be all right in the end. And I think because I can hang my hat on that, even though it sounds very woo-woo, it took that financial pressure off me. In saying that, because I don't have this care for money, um, that's not really great for business. That doesn't really run a business very well at all. And so it was also very important to have someone like Leah on board who does have a focus and it's not Leah's main focus. Her main focus is our vision and the impact that we want to make in the world. But it's so damn important to have someone that has some sort of financial focus to keep the boat steady because without that, I would suggest that, you know, we would continue to go in a direction that is not very business focused and we would become a charity really, really quickly if we didn't have Leah who was like, well, wait a minute, like the numbers just don't add up. And so, you, like we needed both of um, those kinds of personalities on board to actually make it work. And with Leah, like it's just as important that Leah was feeling that financial pressure and needing that stuff because I I just don't have it. I don't know how to get it. Like it's not something that I I can even like try and force upon myself because I'd probably be much more driven that way if I had that pressure. But we actually need at least like a peppering in of that kind of pressure to make a business work because up until that point where she was feeling that real pressure and we actually had to make it into a business, really we were running a hobby. I mean that's the reality of it. And, you know, if you looked at our financial figures, you would see like hobby, 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 business. And, you know, and it's made all the difference in the world that Leah is like that. Now, in saying that I do all the accounting side of things. I do all of that stuff. So I'm really good with numbers and I'm really good with figures. I just don't care about them. So I can do all of the work with it. And then Leah really puts the finishing touches on that of like, okay, do these actually work?
0: What we're highlighting here, I should say what you're highlighting here is the beauty of a creative partnership in the way that you're talking about is one person doesn't have to have all of the parts, doesn't have to have all of the drives, doesn't have to have all of the skill sets, right? In a, in a way, for instance, um, NAS, you know, you didn't have the money problem. You didn't have that problem, but when the problem was presented to you, you went into solutions like, how do we create a solution for that? Um, now it, you know, had you, had you not have someone posing that problem, you might've ended up in a real problem. Right. Um, and on the other side, like, because Leah has what she has, like you're able to really like the, the flip side of that is, is like a lot of founders and creatives just don't like sitting down and looking at the money. We have a story about it. Like it's blah, blah, blah. Like now as you can just sit there, it's like, I oh, just numbers, I don't care. Right. And then, Last or I say last because I call you you guys Leah and Naz a lot, but you know, um Leah can come back and like uh, apply the emotion and the urgency and sort of that around it without her having to go through the crud of all the work. It's a beautiful partnership. And that's really what we want to highlight is yes, we've been talking about tensions, money tensions, vacation tensions, all those types of things, but the beauty is one team can have all the parts they need to be successful.
2: Yeah. And I think I would say, Charlie, on that is that if, you know, someone listening to this, who's looking for that partnership is don't, I would recommend to not look for a carbon copy of yourself. Uh, it's not going to go well. <laughs> so imagine like two of me working in the business or two of Nas, and, but what you actually want to look for is someone that can compliment you. Someone that has, the natural strengths that you don't have so that you can form that like full, full piece together.
0: I would go beyond partnership Too many entrepreneurs and founders try to hire someone that's just like them. Right. Because Mm -hmm. they try to clone themselves. Well, you're going to just, at the best case, you're going to clone your own problems. Right. So whatever problems you're cloning that. And what the more likely case is you're going to clone someone who has some of the problems that you have without the ability to create solutions like you do. right? Right. It's not a good solution on that front. Right yeah exactly
1: no definitely not and i mean even for our we have a team as well and that's exactly like when we hired our team we were looking for people who were different to us yet had the same values and beliefs as what we did and you know that both Charisse and michelle and jt they all tell us like our interview we're so different to any interview that we've ever experienced before because we actually weren't interested necessarily in the skills they had. We were more interested in who they were as individuals because the things we needed them to do, we knew we could teach them. But the, the, the who you are part of it, that stuff you can't teach. And so that's really what we were looking for in that space. And the other thing I think that's really cool about Leah and I is the way I describe us is it, we're almost like if you can imagine a ball and it's filled with liquid and there's two different colored liquids in, in that. And that liquid moves and changes and alters as we have moved and changed and altered. And the thing is, is we're not always that same person that we were in the beginning. So as we have gone through our own journeys and switched and changed, uh, that just, we just move so well together in that. So when I'm being like, less working, Leo will be more working and vice versa and, and all those sorts of things. So that's the way that I would best describe our relationship. And so you want to look for someone who's going to fill up that globe with you.
0: See, I find that really fascinating because I, a lot of people struggle when there's that role and responsibility shift. It's like, hey, like you're the structure person. You're the structure person. You're the structure person. Structure person becomes not the structure person. <laughs> there's no communication at some point. It's like, hey, I'm not wearing that hat anymore. You got it, right? That's not the way it works, right? And so I'm really curious about um, that conversation, that moment when, you know, um, the whip changes hands or how, whatever metaphor that we want to use there is like, how do you guys talk about, like, oh, I've got the structure for a little bit, and, you know, you go do your thing, or is it exactly as Leah? Not exactly. You know, Leah, you mentioned that you carried that that for a while without realizing that you hadn't talked about the carrying it, and it sort of built up and festered. So, given that pattern, and that you do have this amorphous sort of ability to change and be flexible, how do you talk about that those switches when they come up?
2: I actually don't know how we, how we actually, I mean, I, I, it's, um, I think we must have some sort of awareness on board of each other and what, where we're at and what we're focused on. But I wouldn't say we have like specific conversations around, Hey, like, you know, Lenny, you know, I've got the whip now, <laughs> and I'm going to be like cracking it. And I, yeah, I'm not sure how to answer that Charlie, other than I think we're both very, um, outcome focused, and so for us, I mean, we're focused on what is the outcome and and then we have a, I think we would have a conversation as I'm trying to think it through as I'm talking about it, we have a conversation around, okay, this is the outcome, this is the intention and so where are you at, how are you placed, you know, what's exciting for you and, and it just naturally, maybe it's because we've been working together so long now that it kind of naturally falls out. Like, I know that's not very helpful for people listening to this. Like, how do you do it? But I actually don't know how, how we kind of meld because we're both on a different growth journey at different times and it just works. Naz, do you have anything a bit more helpful than that? Well, I think a little more on that woo-woo
1: side is, is from an energetic perspective. When one of us changes our energy, and I know this is, you know, maybe like diving a little bit too deep. But when we each of us change our energy, it um, impacts the other person's energy and how they're showing up. So, um, for example, there's times where and the way we refer to it is, is like Leah will be over responsible for everything that's happening in the business. So, so when she was discussing before about, you know, I was doing everything and I expected everyone to be doing all these things that what was started to come on board was like this over responsibility. And and that didn't create the space for for other people to actually be responsible because as she steps into that space or energetically of being over-responsible, it allows other people to step into the space of being under responsible and to not be pulling their weight or whatever it might be. And so it was really interesting to watch energetically as Leah pulled back on that and really got back into that space of being like, a healthy responsibility level, I then stepped into being, like, that healthy responsibility level. And that, that like, pendulum swings all the time. So there'll be times where I'm being over-responsible and the vice versa will happen. And so I think there is something going on out of sight on an energetic level between the two of us that we can't necessarily put our finger on and put into words, but I really believe that that's actually what's going on is, is that you know we we've almost become this whole in this business and so as each of our energy shifts and change that's effectively what happens
0: that's interesting because um in my partnership with Angela she's actually the goal directed one i'm not right and so i show up much more like nas shows up and i'm like oh, i'm just doing stuff i'm having a good time things are great it'll work out right until she poses a problem I'm like oh yeah we got to fix that right um and and it's interesting because there are times in which she gets into Achiever Angela is what we call her. Right. Achiever Angela really, really goes and we're like, Whoa, what? No, I'm like, I'm not on board with that. Right. All of a sudden, or it's like maybe we come back to some side of reasonable, right. Side of, right. And so I I think, um, that's been one of our tricks is like recognizing, wait a second, there's this pattern and trying to name what that pattern is. Um, yeah, And saying, hey, it's not you, the person, it's not your core, who you are. It's just that shade of you is, is really coming up. Let's talk about that and, and see whether, because it, it, there are times where that's absolutely what's needed. Absolutely what's needed. And I mean, you're like, oh, that's why Achiever Angela showed up is because somebody needed to like put a goal out there and it wasn't me. Yeah. Right? Um, and then there are the times where she's triggered and it comes up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, oh, maybe, that, maybe that's not a good time. So there's always this um, dynamism that happens. And I think, um, you know, the, the goal here is to be clear about when those changes happen because when that energy shifts, like it creates energetic residue, right? And it sort of backs up. And if you're not clear about that, then unfun stuff happens. Yes. Unfun. Word of the day. Unfun. Yeah. I like that. Unfun. Definitely.
1: So, so the, I, I can think of a really specific
0: specific example of
1: where we have tried to like shift the weights as such. And so, as I said before, I do all of the accounting, the back end accounting kind of side of things. You know, I don't know what do they call. It? I don't even know what they call it, but I, I do that stuff, and it comes very nat- So yeah, the bookkeeping side of things, and it comes very naturally to me to do to do that stuff but there have been times where I've been drowning in a whole bunch of work and the bookkeeping's falling like three months behind. And, and so Leah will step in and say, Hey, like, I don't have so much on my plate right now. Would you like me to like do the bookkeeping thing? Can you show me that? And uh, so, you know, it's not Leah's natural talent to be able to do the bookkeeping side of things. So um, she's, she's done it and attempted to do it and done it the best that she possibly can. But because it's not her natural natural inclination to be in that space, it perhaps doesn't always work out so well. So, so there is that like very clear like passing of the baton. And so we have tried things like that in the past. Or, you know, Leah will ask me to write write something or write blog. It's not my it's not my wheelhouse. Like I am not a writer. Um, I can come up with ideas, but the writing part's not not really mine. And so early on, we started to figure out okay, well, what are these things that we just cannot like we're not shiftable and we, we can't actually interchange ourselves in these spaces like bookkeeping's one of them writing's one of them I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other things that like it's like naz don't touch that shit because you're going to screw it up like just don't go there and so there has been those times and i think i mean that in itself is even an indication of probably something you shouldn't be doing when you're actually physically like passing the baton and saying here you go like you give this a go and um yeah. And so we stopped doing that. And so instead we've gone, okay, well, when I'm drowning, how about we outsource that to someone else who's actually professional in that. So, and that's where we're at at the moment is, is, you know, bookkeeping shouldn't be my thing, even though I can do it. And that's about like, okay, now we're in a financial position to start outsourcing that stuff and let's get that outsourced for someone else to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a spectrum of like dread work and joy work, right? And then there's that in-between stuff that you can kind of interchange. You don't love it. You don't hate it. like. And unfortunately, what we do sometimes is we're like, hey, this dread work that you're not doing, that like, let me jump in and do that as opposed to looking at this common area of stuff. It's like, you know, Naz, you're on all of these emails and you're drowning in emails. I could probably answer 50% of those emails for you. How about I do that and you get on the books? right. Rather than me trying to get on the books. Right. And, you know, but it's just, it's just, a, it's a learning curve, right. Of what can you hand off? What can you trade around?
1: Yeah. And a hundred percent, that's exactly what happened. Leah's like, you're also drowning an email and I know how much you hate that stuff. So let me take care of like all that email stuff or, you know, our team, you know, take care of, so, takes care of that as well.
0: That's fantastic. So um, the last big decision, and I'm, I'm really interested in putting this one on there because Sometimes having a creative partnership can make big decisions a lot easier. Sometimes it can make it a lot harder because one person might be more creatively stuck or held on to one thing. So you recently changed from ripple.net to the connection effect, right? As far as what the brand is, what the brand is about. And I'm curious of um, the conversations that you two had about that and was there, um, was there mutual joy in it? Was it some people wanting to hold out? Just Because that's a major decision as far as a brand goes, as far as a business goes, is to change it and put that out. So talk, tell me a little bit more about how that worked out for you. Um, Naz, I'll pick on you first.
1: I was hoping you were going to throw that to Leah because I actually have very little memory of exactly how that all went down. So again, it's not something necessarily for me that's important. Mm-hmm. Like to, to me, the name you know, is not the most important thing. So I don't think that was, uh, I'm trying to actually give you like, think of a thing that's been a really big decision that we've made where we've actually had to have like a really big conversation about it because I don't recall for this one in particular, I think the main thing was actually just coming up with a name that we both felt comfortable with. I think That was probably the biggest deal. I think so far as our business was concerned, we were ready. Like we were a nice, juicy, ripe peach ready to change into something else. So uh, I don't recall, Leah, do you recall specific to
2: changing name what that was like? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I probably had, I remember I had some concerns around making that change because we'd spent, you know, a few years building this brand Ripple and now we were changing to this other name and I'm like, oh, my God, how are people going to receive this? You know, we've got to do all this work to to make the transition, and so while it seemed like it happened overnight, it didn't. It did take us quite a few weeks. And Charlie will remember this because we work with you, Charlie. And the thing that really helped me was actually Charlie. You said, "Like it's not a big. It's not going to be a big deal. Like you don't really need to change anything. Just make the change. Don't make a big fanfare about it." And I was like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> I thought we had to make a big fanfare. Like this is huge, for people. Um, so I think having that advice was good. But I think it was, it wasn't um, too challenging for us because we had Charlie, your support and advice on that. And also um, it had been knocking at our door for so long. You know, we'd thought about this change. We didn't know what it was going to be called exactly. um, But we were both on board with the change and we're excited about it. So I think it was more just a concern for our community and how they would react and when would we make the jump. And I know that took us a few weeks of talking with you, Charlie, about it. And like, finally we did it and it was just so easy in the end.
1: I think, I think a, a better example for you, Charlie, is, is that I tend to be a person who comes up with lots of ideas like, Oh, this is awesome. And this is a great idea. And let's go for this. And, and then, you know, three weeks later, like I'll drop that book and I've got bored of it and then I'll pick up something else. And I'm like, yeah, let's go for this and let's do this. And, and so specifically this year, it's been such a, I'm sure Leah, <laughs> it's been like a relief is that you know we set out at the beginning of the year or maybe just before the beginning of the year to say, okay, these are the things we're committed to for this year. And actually, it was probably, it was a year ago exactly, I remember actually. And so a year ago, we sat down, these are the things we're committing to, these are the things we're going to focus on and this is what we're going to do. And what that did was like, well, it didn't immediately do it for me, but it closed those loops of me being able to open up new loops until those other ones had been closed. And so I remember even after we'd agreed, we'd said like, okay, these are the things we're going to do. And we'd discuss those things. And I don't think there's ever been anything where we've not been able to come to an agreement. We're really good good at being able to talk about, okay, well, what's the pros and cons of doing X, Y, and Z, and, and let's do that. And then I remember after we'd agreed, like nothing else gets on this canvas until all of this is done. And I remember coming and saying, I've had this awesome idea and it's amazing and it's fabulous and I think we should do it. And I was devastated, like absolutely devastated when it got shut down because I was just like, and, you know, basically the conversation went, well, actually what we've agreed to and what we agreed to like a month ago was, and what you agreed to a month ago and, and to have my feet held to the fire and say like, actually, no, this is what we're doing yeah I I was like for a couple of days I was like this is just shit like how am I supposed to come up with ideas anymore and and I feel completely creatively stifled and but I mean the point was is that I'm really great at opening loops and coming up with the ideas but the thing is is Leah's the one that does a lot of the work I mean I do do work behind the scenes as well but Leah's the one that actually executes on a lot of those things and so it must have been horrendous for her me continually opening all these loops for her to do all this work and Anyway, so I stopped doing that. And so until everything's off the canvas and it's not yet and we're not in our timeline, but that's okay, Um, I'm not allowed to come up with any more ideas. But I think that kind of, you know, to have that agreement in place and to stick to it, I think it's really important to maintain that focus. And the result of that is this business has been better than it ever has because we have been maintaining that focus on what's on the canvas.
0: Well, as you might guess, I'm a huge fan of strategic roadmaps and canvases. So Yeah,
1: I, ha- I hate it, Charlie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's, it's your bell that bottom. It's like that, that's your <laughs> bell bottom, right? That's your... <laughs> like, I hate it.
1: I hate it, but I'll work within it because I know that it's in the benefit of all concerned. But yeah, I, I, t- for me, it's like it is really stifling. And and I also know that that for the previous three years before that, like, we were like a tuna out of water on a friggin' like, and we're flip-flopping around and we had no idea where we we're going. And so as much as I hate being confined to that, I also know that it works. So.
0: Yeah. So quick plug structure needs, excuse me, creativity needs structure and structure benefits by creativity. So they both work hand in hand, but not mutually opposite. Um, I'll save that riff for another day. So if people are, if, if you want to give, someone a key takeaway from your own perspective about the both the beauties of a creative partnership and how to make it work. Um, what would that one like main key thing be? Leah, I'm going to start with you.
2: So I think the one key thing to have a partnership that really works is to, um, really amp up your level of communication between the two of you and or however many are in, in the team um, and being willing to put everything on the table. So um, I don't think it works without having an open, uh, having open conversations regularly. So I would say that would be kind of my biggest takeaway from our partnership is our ability to have those uncomfortable conversations when they're needed, which then equals a lot of discomfort at the time, but then real deepening of our relationship. So, um, being willing to get uncomfortable and to put it all out there on the table, rather than letting stuff fester, that would be my biggest biggest takeaway.
0: Thanks, Leah. Nas.
2: And then
1: to tack on the end of that is be willing to do the work on yourself or within yourself. I think it's so like I think that's where most partnerships fall apart because it's always like the the problems are all always over there with someone else. So it's be willing to do the work on yourself and also to be committed to the other person's journey and to be committed to to the very best life that they can lead. Because if you're in that space where you're a hundred percent committed to to them. And generally that will work the other way around, that they're 100%, 100% committed to you and your journey and, and where you're going, then everything else seems to take care of itself. So so with what Leah's talking about, as well as being committed to your own growth, as well as your partner's growth or your team's growth, then, yeah, it that, that would be my best advice is look within before you start
0: throwing stuff externally. That's fantastic. Leah Nass, thanks so much for um, joining me today and sharing your journey. And, and I know it's going to be really useful for people. So thanks so much.
1: Oh, thank, thank you so you much Charlie. for having us, Charlie. It's been yeah. so much fun. So it much fun. has. It's
0: been a blast. Thank you so much. Okay, Creative Giants. So you heard it from Leah Nass. Creative partnerships can be beautiful, and they can also um, sometimes bring up some stuff that you need to work through. So Leah recommended to really get clear and and up the level of communication that you have available. And Naz recommended to um, really focus on your own personal growth. So it's grow and communicate, grow and communicate, because that's what a creative partnership will require you to do, but it will also allow you to do that. So...